Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you're at in the world. Thanks for listening. This is LB for Edmonton After Midnight. In today's episode, we're going to do a a perspective. Um, perspective on a position, a job. I would like to say this is more of like a day in the life of a Canada Post employee. Now, I used to be a Canada Post employee way back when. <laughs> way back when. <laughs> a long time. But my tasks are a lot different than the tasks that are being done today, to a degree. So, today, my guest, you all know who it is. That's Alan. He is going to give a walkthrough in a typical day working for Canada Post in the processing plant. Obviously, he's not going to indulge any secret information or anything like that. Just a basic walk in the day. Or day in the life of what tasks may have to be done. Maybe the scenery, the type of personalities, the conflicts that may happen. Because to be fair, it's an interesting place. I'll put it that way. Even from my time being there, I was there for three years, I think. And the three years I was there was interesting, to say the least. Um, I have my I have certain things that I feel about the position that I may may talk about at the end when I was there, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see uh, where this goes. So, Alan, thanks again for coming on. <laughs> hey, I mean, we got chemistry, so we got to keep doing this, right? Yes. All right. So, just walk through the day in the life of a kind of police employee. So, just your typical day. You're walking into the, the plant. Just say, hey, what's the first thing you do? And then everything you do during an eight-hour shift until you leave. And the process of how certain things work and maybe the difficulties of working there, the egos that may be working there because that's a thing I count a post. Um, and just what happens in a typical day. I'll let you go. Okay. So first thing uh, you go in is like uh, for some people, there they, we do have a locker room. So some people go into the locker room, drop off their outdoor stuff and come in uh, – uh, I somewhat do it, but I just kind of put it in a general area because I have a backpack and I just, uh, I'm okay with leaving it in a uh, public area. But generally, you would cha- uh, take off your well pro- jacket. Uh, um, some people uh, leave their steel toes there, but you're supposed to wear steel toes to work. You're supposed to wear a vest. So, um, because uh, that's something uh, you don't normally wear outside, so you would come in. Uh, Probably to a locker room, take out a well, change the seal toes if you don't wear them already. Um, put on your vest and head onto the floor. Then you would uh, swipe, uh, uh, swipe your car because you need well, you need your car to uh, pass through the uh, the gates. But uh, but then you would swipe your car to uh, time in. Next, uh, when you um, um, you would walk on the floor and uh, to your area you work in because there's many different areas. There's the short and long mail, oversized um, uh, parcels, packets, which is smaller, uh, like the smaller, smaller stuff. Smaller stuff that's not letter mail. So it could be small box, small like packaging and uh, direct marketing, which is uh, all the uh, ad mail stuff. So um, uh, maybe something you, yeah you subscribe to or uh, but it's not like a like it's a letter or letter ads different things that they well like uh, uh, that can be there and then uh, 
Uh, even though they encourage it, no, of course, not every section will do it, but uh, uh, first five minutes, you're encouraged to uh, do a bit of stretch before you start work. So my section, we do it most of the time, or at least I lead it. <laughs> yeah. Good five minutes of stretching. Then after five minutes, the supervisor would uh, give uh, some sort of speech for the day. But uh, uh, usually he doesn't, because he's not not really a public talker, he'll just only say, well, if it's something he needs to talk about, he'll talk about it, uh, about changes, uh, direction, etc. cetera. Uh, if not, then he'll just basically say, like, oh, he may go, like, okay, I don't have much to say, or uh, there's a little... Uh, 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 a letter on uh, on safety because on Wednesday there should be some sort of safety topic that they um, will talk about even though it could be like very dry but it's like well, something that he's supposed to like uh, so people don't get complacent like talk about safe lifting um, uh, or like uh, when it was winter like okay um, uh, be careful slipping um, um, then yeah they're uh, like uh Stress management. Well, even though like they might, people might not be stressed, it's there for people. Different type of safety talks. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Safety talks are important. Exercise is very important. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember doing that when even when I was back there. Um, you just got to get those limbs moving. You got to stretch them in certain positions just to get the blood flowing and everything. Because you know, it can be a. I think speed. I think it's more about speed at that job than the the the. I don't know to say if it was labor intense, really. It's more about the duration you have to do the tasks because there's times where things are have to be rushed and it's like you got to be up on your feet and moving. And I think that's where the stretches come into play, not necessarily lifting heavy items because most of the items are not really that heavy from what I remember. But, yeah, maybe it's different it's now. It's supposed to be a 50-pound limit, but I think some things the cannabis just lets uh, uh, well, that slide. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, but not something too, like, uh, outrageous, basically. But if it's, like, a little, uh, sometimes, like, maybe six, 60 pounds or 70 pounds, maybe did let slide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then, uh, well, like, uh, if, well, when the supervisor is all prepared, he would, uh, have written our uh, like duties for the day it's supposed to be like uh we're supposed to have a rotation of duties so which every four weeks so basically a month's time it would change so in a way like um one uh two hours like we would uh like uh, be on machine and then the, the other two like you wouldn't be uh the last next two hours you wouldn't be on machine and uh the section i'm in is oversized but uh which is lighter, which is why we have a lot of people that are accommodated or on light duties. So there is a lot of people that um, well, may not necessarily be at a work machine or uh, or uh, walk walk a lot of distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're modified in some way. Well, sometimes uh, they only uh, do sitting uh, um, one quarter standing position or two hours standing position and two hours like in a sitting position. So. That could be slight problems because the man, the supervisor would have to shift uh, people like, uh, okay, they can't do that task. So he would uh, pick somebody else uh, from another position that can. And if he, well, if he picks on like people that are like uh, 
he knows excels in certain position. Uh, he could somewhat like uh, always like get you to do certain positions, which uh, and uh, other people that can do it, um, uh, but um, reluctant to do it, don't like that position. Like you may not necessarily pick them, which could end up being a slight problem for our workers because it's like always like okay, this person's like uh, on the machine like three months in a row, so it kind of ends up being unfair. Uh, like uh, until like we bring it up, it's like hey. Uh, we've been on doing this for well, this much. Uh, I'm supposed to be on this duty. You can well, like, uh, I can understand, like, yeah, like this person can't do it, but you can't always pick me for like three months in a row, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we talked privately about this, and it seems like, and this is something I noticed even when my time there, it seems like uh, it's like high school, right? I keep saying it's like high school. Um, it's just. All, all types of bullshit. People, I've seen people fight there before physically. I've seen arguments. I've seen a lot of claims go down. I always say, if you have a strong mindset and strong will, you'll be okay there. I had a strong mindset and strong will. I actually was, I feel like I was asked to do a lot of things there, but it's because I guess, quote unquote, I was maybe trusted to do certain tasks. That's fine and all. That's nice and all. But, you know, when you see intimidation and yes, there's, mind intimidation happening at least in my time there i think those things don't don't have a place in in that in in that in in there um i don't know if this i would know if i say physical intimidation but kind of in some way um maybe more tied to mental intimidation um i feel like a lot of things are unjust in there just the claims that people can make um against you and you have to fight it it's over nonsense. I think that's ridiculous. Um, as far as I'm concerned, union doesn't do shit all. In my experience, I think that it was garbage. You're paying, we're paying union dues from. In my experience, paying unions for nothing. Um, but yeah, as you were saying, <laughs> uh, there's that side of union, but then there's also like people that uh, really know how to well uh, take it up with union. Yeah, and, like uh, that's true. Yeah, or they bring up issues that people won't bring up it's like uh because for example rotation of duties um they uh, just sorry give me a second yeah no problem no problem yeah so yeah like like i was saying while he's uh busy attending to something um union has its pros and its cons right um the union has where you know it supports the employees you know in in certain ways but when it comes to conflict and, and certain things too, you go to the union uh, workers and if you want them to, you know, uh, be in on with you with something, in my experience, it didn't work out too well. And I felt let down by the union and I felt like they didn't do anything. They didn't help me the way I needed the, the assistance for what had occurred. And yeah, it didn't work out for me. And I felt like I blamed the union for part of that because the rep that I had in particular, maybe it was just a rep that I had, but the rep that I had, he did not support me in a proper way. And I felt he just, he just like left me there. He didn't even reach out to me the time I was off. He didn't reach out to me. I think one, I had to call him. Imagine that I had to call him. Like how the fuck does that work? As a union rep, you're supposed to check in on the person that you're uh, quote unquote um, supposed to watch after while they're going through this case. And yet, I only hear from you once, 
in the time duration I was off and it's because I called you. I found that to be very cowardly, unjust, and just like, what the fuck are you there for? You didn't do anything for me. You didn't even, I don't think you even fought for me, to be honest. You're just sitting on there, you lazy ass, just listening. And he knows how I felt. He knows exactly how I feel, so. But, oh well, that's a long time ago, so. Yeah, because most people, like, don't read, well, if they don't want, they don't reuse the union, they don't, uh, um, uh, of course, they don't, feel, well, one one aspect is they don't feel the, like, how union is helping them, but in terms of, like, uh, this is how I've seen union be used before, it's like, okay, if the supervisor, like I said, was unfair with duties, like, uh, you could take it up with union to say, like, hey, uh, and, and if you talk to a supervisor and he still hasn't, like, changed his ways, like, union could step in and go, like, hey, this is not acceptable. This is like uh, uh, you're, uh, there's supposed to be a rotation of duties, and uh, as much as you replace that, you're supposed to replace people like in a proper way. You can't just go like, okay, he's doing this, and this person never does this. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, that's one thing. And uh, let's see what else? Oh, um, in terms of like overtime or uh, working on a holiday, like uh, um, there's supposed to be like, well. Supervisor can say like, okay, every uh, overtime applies to everybody, but there's also times that uh, okay, um, uh, overtime is uh, given to like, okay, uh, whoever's next on the opportunity because they have well try to be fair and go by seniority and it's like, okay, this person has gotten done overtime, so then the next time he, uh, he'd have to go on to the next person on the list, so it's not always like person that has the highest seniority always gets to overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. If you feel like okay, the, uh, the supervisor was not fair. He did not inform you. He skipped you um, uh, in some way that he basically like uh, you were supposed to get the opportunity and he didn't. Uh, um, the uh, the union can do a check, and uh, if he's wrong, um, yes, they uh, uh, they'll they'll do something for you. Hmm. But in the less competent areas of uh, union, I do see like um, well. One, there's less union reps on the floor now because they too feel like okay, uh, um, well, because union's supposed to be on our side, and uh, nowadays there's like unions, union people that don't know what they're doing, or at least just listening to like uh, um, oh, what the uh, what the union uh, like the shopsters are listening to what the union like, um. Uh, like sometimes, like uh, it's kind of double sided. It's like uh, sometimes uh, uh, there are sometimes uh, some some people are kind of like on the side of management as well, or at least more more siding with them. So they don't always like full uh full heartedly like fight for you, or um or management go okay this this person is a problem. Like let's try and uh try to uh. Like try not to uh, don't uh, don't represent them type of idea or at least uh, do minimally to represent them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah, let's see. Yeah, I felt that my representation was little to none, legitimately little to none. And if anyone hears this from Canada Post where I live and you recognize my voice, you know exactly who you are and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You did nothing to help me. You didn't talk to me during my time off. I had to call you, and that conversation was very quick. And to to be quite frank, you told me you would get back to me, and it was actually you told me you'd get back to me, and you never did get back to me. I had to contact Counterpost myself, and that's when we came up with an agreement on the situation that had occurred. 
So you were a waste of my fucking time. You sat there. You had probably no interest in the in the situation. You probably already made up your mind and decided that, hey, I'm just sitting here because they need someone to sit here. Actually, I've never seen you in my life until that day when you came upstairs. And you probably already sided with the other party. So whatever. Like, I don't. It's just bullshit, honestly. But okay. Because, well, with some of the ones that don't know the stuff, they may, you may say, oh, uh, can you have a grievance against that? And they may, uh, like some of them that I heard uh, stories about, it's like, they say, yes, yes, it's grievable. And then you, well, if you believe the story, you'd be like, you, you'd have, oh, okay, this, uh, they're fighting for me, they're doing something. But uh, when sometimes it's even a case, it's like, you're on a losing case. It's like nothing you, uh, you can argue about. But then they'll say, yes, they're doing something. They're putting in a form. But then it's like, well, if uh, well, when somebody from the union goes look at it, looks at it, it's like this is not arguable, or at least somebody that's knowledgeable is like, oh, this is a don't dismiss the case. Basically, if it's not something that they can fight fight for you again, uh, well, even though they said yes, this is fightable. Well, my case was eight months, right? So I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. if it was a lost cause, it would have ended pretty earlier than that. It took eight months, which probably took four months too long. Maybe even six months too long. That's a whole different story. I don't know why it took eight months, but that was weird. But okay, yeah. So let's get back into you know actual tasks. So, um, so yeah, what do you do when you're ready to get on the floor? So you have your steel toe boots on. You've done your exercises. Messages of the day. What's the next step after that? Well, you do your tasks. Well, my my section. Uh, uh, this month I'm uh, well calling the mail because well nowadays the um before we just run run everything like uh like uh because well logically we we just know like uh how to run our second and uh but we just run things like normal without uh really looking at like okay uh well now supervisors are concerned about the number and volume so when when uh, the machine like he wants the machine to be like uh constantly running mm-hmm. yes yeah, so which is why like um uh he wants like People, uh, my, my position is calling the mail, so I pull out all the bad mail because, like, uh, the people over um, that's like separating the mail doesn't like uh, take out like properly categorize. Okay, this is good mail, this is bad mail, or or uh, or it's even a mixed bag. So, so can you describe what good mail, bad mail is? That because a lot of people may not know what that even means. That's an inside term at kind of post. What does that mean? Good mail, bad mail, and why is it called that? And what's the purpose of it being called that? Because there's a reason why it's called that. Yes. Well, uh, if you look at an oversized, uh, oversized mail or flat, basically, it's like a kind of like mail you get in a document form that's like uh, not uh, not bent, but like uh, straight enough to be a sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's called oversized. And good mail is usually like um like all those mail like nicely lined up. That's what's normally good mail. In, in a mix, we get like a Mails of like even half the size is considered oversized because it's not letter mail. So we get that, and then even like uh, or we get like uh things that are uh, well people put uh like different things in oversized mail, and it could be even like uh like soft stuff or like uh or stuff that's uh not evenly like uh like even clothing like some clothing items can fit in an oversized uh. Bit, uh um mail and that's well basically that's uh that's not good mail magazines are not good mail letter uh newsletters are not good mail uh oversized mail 
So those are things we got. Uh, we should pull out. Uh, the catalogs are not uh, well because um, magazines can sometimes well magazines to catalogs can can get big. So those are. Uh, uh, the thicker ones are definitely on, uh, no, uh, are not good mail. So we need to pull all that out. Sometimes something that's too, too long, like, even though it's oversized, there's, uh, mail dumpers that's too long. That's, cons uh, that's, uh, that's mail we should pull out. So we want all, like, in a sense, like, all, like, the nice, perfect mail, uh, like, perfect size mail and, uh, all lined up. That's what we want to try and uh, achieve, so that the machine basically will run smoothly. Because if you have all those mixed in, there's a chance that it can jam, uh, jam the machine, which will will slow down like the number of mail going through. We want to ideally achieve like six six thousand pieces per hour. Like oh, like four four thousand is susceptible, but like uh, if you, uh, like six thousand is like you're doing really good so so easy four to six thousand is the range that um like would be like a decent number like the supervisor would accept so um i'm basically picking but uh the problem with people um uh, the, the people feeding the machine uh the, the smell on the machine is like i consider like what i consider like good good mail for machining uh other people may not agree with my standard because i because i've uh, worked on the feeding machine i know what goes through but not everybody will agree with what uh what i consider will go through so that is sometimes like well supervisor may go okay what you consider machinable but you got to think about others basically <laughs> yeah and uh, well, besides feeding, uh, people feeding mail on the machine, there's the receiving end people, what we call sweepers, which is, um, the machine will drop mail into buckets. And when the buckets gets full, you got to take it out and, uh, and, uh, and replace the bucket, label it and, uh, and replace the bucket. Uh, for me sweeping, I like to fill it to the top, but of course, again, uh, Two different standards. Some people feel like uh, mail full, uh, a tub full of mail is too heavy. So they do tell me to consider like, okay, don't fill it up too much. Or uh, sometimes like the machine, the sensitivity. Sometimes like the machine light doesn't come on, but uh, but it's uh, but the buckets considered full. So they basically tell me to like, okay, uh, well, uh, try and take it out when it's like, we'll say uh, three quarters full. Just take just take the bucket out, replace it, and then uh, in my position, there's also uh, in, in my section, there's also like um, um, well, um, oversized or a hand sort. So we sort um, all the all, like in the respect of like uh, the postal codes in re in respect to the postal codes. So city, well, uh, T well T five T five and T six are basically the city codes. So we go um, well T five A to all the way to T five Z and then T T six A to T six T six Y, and well, so basically like um everything well that's not machinable will be go going to hand sort, and then when the uh, the cases get full we have to clear them out, put it on put a print a label put uh, um put the 
uh, yeah, uh, fill the top the best we can, or at least uh, go to different uh, because there's like four cases, so we can go like uh, grab mail from each case and basically empty it out. And then there's the other side, which is um, what we call FSAs, basically uh, um, it's the, uh, all the small towns in Alberta, so TOA, TOBC, E, and G. The, that's where all the small towns are, like northern Alberta. I'm not referring to southern Alberta. Calgary's are responsible for that. And uh, there's mail. Uh, well, uh, well, what we we have a mail delivery person called NDP, which delivers. will grab mail from different parts of the uh, the plant, and they try and uh, the, well, they try and keep like uh people like uh busy with mail. As I was saying, with feeding with the machines, uh, people would. Uh, the NUP is supposed to keep um, move the mail so that uh, basically the feeder will always have something to to feed. So after we call, they would move the mail, or if there's a uh, good mail in the back, uh, they would bring like uh, uh, what we call mono, basically a container full of mo uh, mail, and uh, bring it to the feeders. But uh, we have two NDPs because uh, one's for well, they also bring equipment. NDP also bring make sure that we have uh, enough equipment. So all the tubs, uh, and uh, when that uh, when uh, the IDC, which is uh, well, or model is uh, full of mail, they would bring it to the well, take it out to the drive lane for forklift drivers to take it out, or uh, take the mail to a uh, different uh, different section to put uh, to separate all the mail or separate all the uh, LFTs, the containers of mail. So. On the FS, uh, FSA is like um, TO, there's about like I'm just gonna roughly say about 45 uh, 45 small towns in each respective F, uh, FSA. So we would uh, like um, then the mail delivery person would grab mail from like uh, uh, what we call the runouts, where well usually where where parcels are, but uh, um, in the mezzanine where uh, like the machine would throw mail in a like huge tub. Uh, this is all the small towns that they can't put like uh that they can't separate like uh like too small for the machine to separate so they would just categorize it in like TOA to TOG and once that tub is full they would push it down and uh and the person uh, would grab it from the runouts and uh, bring it to us where we uh further divide into the small towns. Hmm. Uh, let's see. And then they would go uh, go to the, what we call prior priority belt. So that's where all the like uh, stuff they can uh, that's not machinable, generally not machinable. And uh, they would uh, well both priority stuff, so like registered mail and uh, accurate priority, and also like stuff that's too small for a machine. So they would bring it over to like um, they would put it in a tub. No, no, no. I should say a bin, a bin, which is well. Which is about roughly about eight tubs, basically it holds a lot of mail, and they would push it over um, again to the like uh, FSA, so TOA to TOG, and uh, we would we would sort it all into the uh, well, well, we would grab all the mail that's well priority first, and then uh, and then like little small stuff and sort into the small towns because machine can't well our machine goes to all the big towns, but we do uh, but not uh. But all the small town, they have to, like, uh, we have to hand sort. Okay. And, of course, there's letter mail, like, short and long, because uh, uh, small towns, again, like, um, they would, uh, 
bundle it all up and then we would uh we would um grab all the letter mail and put in the uh, uh sort into the respective small town tubs okay. yeah that's pretty much like uh the task that we can do so there's well feeder sweeper uh people that call so I'll pick pick out the mail hand sort um and mail delivery person and each person in uh at least one or two in each uh fsa one or two people the, one of the problems with canopus is like uh well because they hire like um well most people most supervisors are hired from the outside they don't necessarily know the operate uh like how the section runs so they can well delegate the task they can tell you what to do but uh they not necessarily understand like uh how the second uh how to what how the machine works how the how to operate um like how um like why we're doing certain things or like how uh, or how how we um or uh, all the activities encompassing the role such as NDP, like uh, supervisor may know, like we move mail, but you may not necessarily know. Oh, okay, where where do you grab mail, or uh, what's your um? Because uh, as well, when there's new people in our section, they do have to be trained. There's different things as well. Some things are self-explanatory, but like there are certain positions that it's like, okay, you need to be like, you need to shadow somebody. They need to explain like how you do your job, and um. Well, of course, each person is different. Some people pick it up really fast, but it's repetitive. Some people can like, uh, um, like, um, well, if they uh, like the job or uh, know what to do, because, well, uh, yeah, when it comes to new new people in our section, like they don't not they don't necessarily know, like, okay, well, where do you go to pick up this mail or that mail? And supervisor can't really explain it to them, so they would have to be comfortable with like a, uh, asking, well, asking us, okay, where do you go? Well, uh, are are they forgetting anything? Till they basically know the know the job, uh, know job the job well. Uh. Mm, uh, uh well with working with different people in a work work with different people in a like large setting there's could be like of course there's people you get along with but then uh people like uh there's many different people you see uh some people really like uh gossip some people uh you could say are on the well lazier side of things so they're very less quite less productive and some people like uh you tell them to do something and well they don't necessarily listen because uh, very based on seniority system. So if you, well, a full full time person may have more say than a part time person, or they may not necessarily think you're. Well, if you're part time, you're like, okay, you haven't worked there that long, or um, or if they're uh, even if they work have less seniority than you and they're full time, it's like they think they're. Well, some people may think they're uh, they they have more say than you. Because uh, in cannibals, like seniority is a lot um, means a lot. They do base a lot of things based off seniority. And to take vacation, like basically, like at the start of the year, you would have to like pick, pick spots where you uh, like uh, where you want where you want to go.
go on vacation and unfortunately because it's seniority based like you may not necessarily get like like uh the time you want off like summer is a very popular time that they want uh uh that people want off but you may not necessarily get it because it's based off senior seniority so you kind of have to do your time to basically get those like mid to high seniority then then you have a higher chance to like basically get the vacation vacation time you want mm. oh yeah and then for christmas uh there's a blackout period which means like nobody like for the basically four weeks in december you cannot uh take any vacation at all as that's the busiest time of the year so nobody is allowed to take like christmas off unless uh basically unless you have like personal days or uh or basically you're taking leave without pay basically potentially leave without pay which well if they notice a pattern well like uh they are not happy when you well uh, you take well if you're taking time off uh, uh at the busiest time of the year unless like unless you have reason With, uh, in Canada Post, well, you could say, even though may, some people may think it's a probably a really great place to work, there is, uh, uh, well, two things. Uh, the, well, in some ways, like, the morale isn't really that high, and some people, like, don't really enjoy working there. But it all depends on your personality as, like, well, in some in some ways, like, the place does drain the uh, life out of you in some ways. If you're, well, depending on your personality or if you can look at, like, things positively or not but you could say the morale isn't like always high it's kind of like sometimes like some people are like the well basically it's like uh, another work day or it's like can't wait to get out of here so there is that some of that mentality in the in, in the workplace and uh sometimes it could drag you down There's one more point, but I can't, uh, lost it. It seemed to have lost my train of thought. Anything you want to add for now? LB, are you there? yeah and we uh in terms of uh yeah production like supervisors are uh, always well uh, well um well ever since uh, last year like uh they wanted to make uh catapults more efficient so they've been really like uh, because of like uh males sometimes it's hard to like unless it's machine based like uh human productivity is like not always easy to measure, so number supervisors are always looking at the numbers to make sure you're uh, well. Oh, did you? Uh, how much did you work on? Uh, did you get all the all the mail out? So there's like, for example, it's like how many carts of uh, mail there are, and usually there's twenty tubs per per uh, what we call an IDC. And if uh, well, uh, each day, like just to kind of see the productivity, they would look kind of go, okay, how many IDCs are left? 
uh, how many times in each. That way they can kind of go, okay, how much hands work we actually worked on. Because, well, they prefer a certain standard, but not everybody works at the same pace. And it's like, that's one of the unfortunate side because it's like, so uh, you could be working. There's a lot of hardworking people. I'm uh, not saying they're, but uh, there's also the opposite spectrum where people are like, well, like taking their time. They just uh, work very slowly. Um, uh, no, no, no pride or no, uh, uh, no, no work ethics, basically. So, but in Canada Post, there's also like, um, well, because there's this is a parcel section, uh, or even like, uh, even in light duties, like for light duties, there's repetitive strain injuries. So if you're kind of doing the same motion over and over again, like there's prone to like getting carpal tunnel, something that would, uh, like, uh, that's bad for your wrist. Parcels, there's also, uh, always lifting. So if we're, misjudge something or we're lifting something too heavy without asking for uh, and because not everybody is there to like uh always around to help you so sometimes you may push yourself and could injure yourself so uh um there is a lot a large number of injuries at cannabis so they because of that uh well um well we have to try not to be complacent and like try and like uh, with the, with the exception of repetitive strain injuries, well, we have to try and use both of our arms, both of our arms. But for lifting, yes, we do have to be well trying practice uh good uh lifting habits. Sometimes I will say like um well because you can't track keep track of all faulty equipment like uh sometimes like um like a model which has a door you can open uh. It can like uh, hit you, so that can hurt. Well, it can hurt. Basically, it can hurt. Many different. So, actually, in campus, there is a lot of like number of injury reports. They did say like uh, we're one of the industries that supposedly are one of the most dangerous because we uh, we report so much injuries, and hence why there is like a lot of modified people. Whether well, you could say like. It could be personal life that uh, has affected uh, that made you like uh, affect you uh, mod uh, that you have to do modified or light duties. So it could be either work or like personal home life that uh, could affect that. Because campus tries to be fair, we they do try and hire well hire people of all different age groups, uh, diversity, um, whether they you have a visible uh, disability. Campus does hire a lot of people, uh, well, diverse groups of people. So in some ways, sometimes like sometimes it's uh, unfair to the people that like can't do all duties, but then at the same time it's giving chances for people that uh, can't do all those tasks or injured on the work. There are some people you could say in a way take advantage of that because the. Well, they may like uh, uh like being a little, little bit better, but then they like uh, try and buy the, uh, all the time they can to do the lighter duties. Yeah. Anything you want to add? If I were to talk about a short, short and long machine, there's a uh, like the letter mail we get. Um, 
Well, one, we have a, a machine that basically, like, well, because all, when, when the mail comes in, it could be, like, upside down, sideways. There's a machine that basically, like, um, would strain it all up, and we put it all in tubs. So it's straight, well, faces all the uh, mail in one way. And then, well, there's a very fast machine called uh, MLOCR. Can't remember fully what it stands for, but it's, like, multiple um, optical uh letter letter reader something letter reader but it's a machine that can like sort a lot of hand, uh short and long mail and uh usually it would run um, those type of mail like uh contrary to what maybe maybe some people think it does um we have to it has to be run through a machine like usually at least three times one's a general machine to go okay um well national city uh what set up a city plans because uh even in the city there's different plans and then afterwards you would just hold king dog bung ka Yeah, and uh, um, after that, we would run the plan. Uh, uh, and then after the machine mail is run through the plan, it will be, uh, uh, well, like you would run the plan, so it would be sorted again. Uh, because um, they would uh, sequence the mail to... Um, like, um, like they, they actually sort of, uh, sort of to like, according to the route you, route you do. So, um, so it would be, uh, it would be called indexing and sequencing. So you basically like index the mail first and then, uh, and then you run the mail, uh, the mail, like with the same plan a second time, like, uh, so that it goes into order of like, uh, of, um, of your route. So. When, when the letter carrier carries it, you would, uh, they would just be like, okay, um, this, um, well, each house they go to, it'll be like, uh, in, in that order. So it's kind of neat that way. But, um, as I, uh, as we're going more into the future, like, uh, people are sending less and less mail. So, um, less of the machines are used. So before we got like, these machines are very expensive and we got like eight of them and now like maybe three of them are in use. So kind of, kind of, kind of sad now, seeing how like less the um, like uh the machines are used now. In terms of how parcels are run, it's um a truck would come in with um uh, with parcels, and um there would be one person like loading uh, but. Sometimes, uh, well, uh, if it's crazy, like the uh, like Christmas time, like a truck could be loaded all the way to the ceiling, and that's pretty hard to grab. Uh, so we would uh, have a truck full of parcels, and then there would uh, be a belt that we pull in, and then we would uh, one person would be putting uh, the mail on the belt, and it go runs through a machine, which we call the Reynolds. 
it, uh, the machine would scan scan the parcel and uh, and then it would uh, take push uh, put it to the uh, shoot uh, that it's supposed to and then uh, we're supposed to scan the parcel. It would uh, scan the parcel. Uh, we would scan the parcel and put it in the right model. So. Think of what else to say. Oh yeah, and and then in parcels, um, or well, there's uh, what we call uh, not not machinable or non conveyable because it's too big, the awkward size. So that one would have to be manually done. So it would be a uh, model full of like awkward sizes, big sizes, things, and then it would be uh, put on the belt. And uh, people would uh, have to manually put in each uh, respective section so that they can push it. Well, put, there's runouts. Uh, we have 20 runouts roughly. So it's from 50 to 69. And people would uh, um, would have to push it to the respective runout. And, uh, and then the person then would put in the right model. LV, do you have anything else to add? Because trying to figure out what else to say. There's also a packet section. So with the packet section, um, um, there's quite a few, uh, few areas. There's the priority stuff, so that's all the register um, priorities, like day once, uh, next next day to like three day delivery stuff, um, which would be on the P one belt, and then uh, well, they separate into like national and city in Calgary, and then it would be wheeled over to the um, uh, well, what would they call manual singulator, which they put on a belt that's meant for packets only. It's small stuff, like, and well, that's not considered a parcel, and that it would go on a belt, and uh, the computer will scan it, and then they'll put it in a respective tub, which is uh, um, on the second floor. In that section, there is also what we call the hospital, or uh, which is basically a mail that the computer can't scan properly, and it would 
um, uh, we would have to fix it, patch it up, fix it, scan, see what's wrong with the whether it's the address, the postal code, something wrong with the address, and try to figure out where it's supposed to go. Because it is a business, they do have to figure out. Okay, it's not. Uh, if we spend, we can't spend too much time on it, which is why, like, as much as like it would be nice to like for the customer to go, oh, we correct the address for them. Like, we can only spend only a certain limited amount of time on it, and if we can't figure it out, it may have to go to return to sender because, well, the onus is still on the well sender that if they got the address incorrect, that we have to return it back. Uh, there's a runout basically for just for packets, and well, we deal with Northwest uh, well, the territories. That's one of the sections that well, like have all those small towns in the uh, territories. They have to so, some of the things they have to weigh weigh parcel parcel a packet, and then uh, and then uh, because uh, well, it's being sent via air, so they are uh, um, they the cat the. Uh, the companies that uh, are sending it by air like uh, have to be very very careful in terms of like okay how much uh, weight each thing is and so they can balance the plane properly. Yeah, in a current shift, there's probably at least like, probably I would say about 150 people per per shift in each uh, each section, whether it's letter mail, or oversized parcels, packets. Yeah, probably over 150 people per shift. So we run three shifts, so uh, 24 hours across the uh, across the clock, except for Saturday. <coughs> Saturday maybe like um well there might be there's no midnight shifts yeah so that's uh, when the machine school gets some rest uh, in between like uh it's not run like uh twenty four uh, twenty four hours like there is break periods which maintenance people have have to work on uh work on the machines when it's uh down of course yeah. Were you away for step? Did you step away for a bit? No, I was here the whole time. Actually, I was just sitting down reading something. Because uh, I uh, still just uh, mentioned your name to try and tell me what, uh, or at least. Uh, oh no, no, I probably. I was in here. I was in the um. Where do you call it? Where my clothes are and stuff. I was counting something. Mm. But um, yeah. Um, where we left off basically is, I feel like. Like from what you've mentioned so far, you described basically majority or main part of what your tasks are. Just in general, as someone working there, their actual tasks of being there and that job in certain positions. Now, there's different positions there, obviously, right? Um, yeah. As of most places. Yeah. But um, like I said, from going back from my experience there, once again, I try not to you know talk about it, but. I guess my time is different. Like you, we, you came. I think I started a year before you, right? I believe maybe, maybe that's yeah. Right. Okay, so we actually worked together in my time there. Compared to when I was working there to now, what would you say is the biggest difference? Uh, probably uh, in a way, uh, 
uh, more management, uh, more management supervision because, well, I guess, uh, in in some ways, uh, it is like babysitting in a way, but in some ways, because he well, got delegate the task, but then also keep uh, keep the mail flowing and also make sure some people work. Yeah, yeah. That kind of sounds like the same though. That that seemed like the same thing that I was um, that I would see going on when I was there. So it's more yeah. of a, yeah. So nothing nothing really has changed. Really, it seems like but nothing core has changed. Yeah. yeah I, I, at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's it's a good job. It's it's a, if if you can follow instructions, keep to yourself, and just do what you're supposed to do. It's a great job. Actually, it's pretty good. It's when. It's when you have to deal with. I find in my experience, it's um, it's when you kind of have to pick up the sock for other people. Mm-hmm. I feel that's when it kind of turns into like, okay, well, I'm doing it this time. Okay, I'm doing it this time. I'm doing it this time. But then, if you're dealing with the same person who's always, you know, doing their own thing, it starts to become a problem. And that's fair to say with any job or any genre of work. Um, you want to try to work with people who will carry their own weight. You don't want to always have to carry the weight for others, right? So. So there's that, but um, yeah, we, we like I said, we both have our experiences. Was there anything else you wanted to mention? Um, no, I can't think of. Uh, yeah. Can't think of on top of my head what you uh like. What else? Uh, because <laughs> uh, I'm talking about the plant life, uh, not not the letter carrying life. Yeah, basically the plant injury. Yeah, that's a whole different. <laughs> Oh, I can quickly I can quickly get into letter letter carrying because I I end up doing that for a little bit, um, without without going into too much detail. Um, so you wake up in the morning, you you know you do your breakfast, you clean up everything, you drive down there, you get into there, um, you get into your section because you, it depends on what depot you're sorting. So you get in there, you see the mail in the cubbies, you start you start separating that mail, sorting it um, to get it ready for the day. Um, if you have enough time and you're more experienced, you're able to put in sequence, right? If you know if you know the section you're working in, you're able to put the mail in sequence. But usually, you usually don't do that. You kind of just load it all up, uh, the baskets, right? Mm-hmm. So once you have it all in sequence in the baskets, then it's time to um, look at the board and make sure everything's on the up and up. And then, you know, maybe you'll take a quick five-minute break, take a drink or something, maybe go to the bathroom whatnot. Get your mind right, your body right. Do some stretches as you do the plant. And very important because, you know, this being a letter carrier, you're going out to, in, you know, either hot weather, rainy weather, or freezing weather, right? So um, then you um, have uh, carts with all your mail and parcels you have to deliver today. And basically, you're loading your you're loading your vehicle. Either you're driving your own vehicle, or you're driving the uh, kind of post vehicles, right? So in this case, you're driving the kind of post vehicle. So you load it up with all the parcels and everything. Uh, you can kind of put it in order. Like I said, if you know your route, it's kind of easier to put everything in order. So it's kind of you know you, you can finish up quicker. But you just load everything inside, and then after it's loaded, you close everything up. Make sure that everything is in there nice and right. And then you get in the you get in the front seat and drive off to your location, and then you're out basically delivering mail. Everything's coded inside the vehicle, inside the uh, uh, work work van, work truck. Everything's coded, so you know like what sections you need to be at to deliver mail to those sections, right? Um, you're also sorting flyers and things of that nature too. So that's all in the mix. 
I think the one thing is kind of like you, it's good to know what what homes don't want flyers. That way, you're not walking with excess. You know what I mean? I do understand, but also at the same time, the job is to deliver it. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people, I, I believe you at that time, you were able to call kind of post and say, "Hey, I don't want no flyers." And the one thing is, I remember when I was training, um, I had fl- I had flyers for like most houses, and then the one person's thing said no flyers. So then I delivered it without flyers. And then now you have flyers that you're bringing back to the truck. Now you could, but then you, you're still delivering mail out. So you could be out delivering mail for 15, 20 minutes in a certain section. And then you got like sets of flyers because it says no flyers, no flyers. Cause the last thing you want is to deliver flyers. And then those people are calling kind of post saying, Hey, my thing says no flyers. So then you're instructed that they have to like, uh, put, in, put, put a, put a form down. Right. Oh, I think Alan, uh, I think his call went off. But you, they're instructed to fill out a form and send it in so that it's registered that they do not get flyers. And also in the cubbies at work, when you're sorting mail for certain houses, it will say no flyers on it. That's once they're registered. But if they don't correctly register, it's not going to be that way, right? So that's something that um, we have to uh, look after. But um, yeah, Alan uh, is called Disconnected. So he did a great job and listened to it. I was actually here the whole time. I was just doing some other stuff in the meantime around in the in the room here. But um, he did a great job in describing, you know, day in the life of a kind of post-employee, plant employee, of course. Uh, everything he said was, like, on the up and up and exactly what it was. Now, obviously, he's been there a lot longer than I was there. Things have changed, but it sounds like things are more of the same. Um, but with that being said, that is the end of this episode. Um, I'd like to thank you all for listening. And, um, yeah, just like I said, pass these on to your friends or foes or whoever I'd like to get my numbers up. And, um, you know, the higher the numbers go up, the more, I guess, I'm dedicated to doing this, but I guess the more excited and maybe more dedicated, I guess, I get to putting out more episodes. Um, so I'd like to keep that going. Um, but nonetheless, like I said, again, thank you all for listening to this episode of Edmonton After Midnight and listen to the next one. Thank you very much. I'll be signing out.